Hello, and welcome to the More Than Books podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Joel, and I'm joined by... Jake. It's me. And uh, today we have a very special episode of the More Than Books podcast. As you may or may not know, um, Banned Books Week is celebrated every year by the American Library Association. It's serious business. Yeah. And this year, it's running from September 27th through October 3rd of 2015, and we're planning on releasing this podcast to uh, correlate with Banned Books Week. Now, I mentioned that Banned Books Week is celebrated, but what, what does that mean? What, uh, what are we celebrating with Banned Books Week? Are we are you, celebrating the banning of books? I, you know, as far as most of the world is concerned, it, it feels like that. It feels like all of a sudden countries and peop- crazy people all across <laughs> the United States start just outright banning or challenging books in schools and libraries and uh yeah i think there's some i almost feel like there's either a weird communication disconnect or people just be crazy (laughs) so i mean people aren't really celebrating the banning of books uh they're i would i would imagine not uh (laughs) in 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 the united states first amendment rights probably not all into that banning of books business and yet The problem still persists, which is why we continue to celebrate a week in which we, uh, and when I say we, I mean all of us Americans, because that's all we have purview on. I mean, you know, we'd love to support Canada in this, but (laughs) any of the North Americas. Well, Canada is part of the American Library Association. Is it? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Hey, little. Uh, I went to grad news, school in Canada. News nugget for everybody. I had no clue. Right. Well, I know you went to school. I in went Canada. to an ALA accredited library school in Canada. Oh, I thought they just accredited willy nilly. I didn't know <laughs> they had some sort of like deal built in with uh, Canada. So that's cool. Uh, anywho, uh, getting back on topic. Yeah, you know, we all we all should be. Uh, looking at these institutions and making sure that uh, no one is really uh, going against your First Amendment rights of free speech, which includes the intellectual freedom, the freedom to think, mm-hmm. to read, and to you know say whatever you want. So that's what Banned Books Week is celebrating. It's celebrating the freedom to read whatever you want and find the information that you want to read. Now, when we think of banned books, a lot of the time you think of you know, book burnings and Fahrenheit 451 and, like, getting rid of it, yeah. making it illegal to read this material. But right. in the United States, up. that's clearly not what's happening. No. No, if book, actual book burnings, I, I think I want to say a couple of years ago, a library jokingly, uh, in order to raise awareness about their collection, had jokingly stated that they were going to burn all of their their not banned books but their weeded books so their their books that were removed from the collection and you know the news freaked out city council started getting in on it i like guys this, it, is, this is a ruse it went viral it i went, do i do yeah. vaguely remember that yeah that was it was pretty crazy and people do not like book bannings too much of that happened uh, during kind of the, the Red Scare pre-Cold War era, kind of that post-World uh, War II stuff. To, or no, I think that was even pre-World War II. I think that was realistically uh, in, like around like the 1930s. Like a lot of that stuff happened. There was a lot of book burnings in the United States and it left a, a sour taste in everyone's <laughs> mouth. 
So I just uh, looked up that story because I thought, you know, it's kind of an interesting anecdote. But yeah. uh, that uh, the book burning campaign you mentioned that the public library did yeah, was yeah, in, yeah. in Troy, Michigan. And Michigan. they were um, pretending to be uh, an anti-tax group. Like they did kind of a fake that oh. <laughs> said, uh, like, vote to close the Troy library have a book burning party on august 5th and then it was facebook.com slash book burning party so they had like an event that they made on facebook oh for it's this. genius but it was a fake event and it was really just to get people outraged about the fact that the government was trying to cut the tax library taxes so that or cut the library's budget mm -hmm. so i feel like uh i wish omaha could do something along those lines but i think that <laughs> we're a little too plugged in to realize that and we don't have just one library in the city of Omaha, uh, that would because they're going through a little bit of budgetary concern right now. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty funny funny anecdote. That's good stuff. Yeah, today we're talking about banned books week, and you know, in in the United States, the the types of things that actually happen is a parent group will want a book to be removed from the public library or from uh, their school library because they think that the content is inappropriate for their children to read or it's kind of above their reading level. It's, it's, I feel like it's like 90% of the time. Yeah, it's in... by far most of the time in the U.S. Yes. It's, it's challenged on religious grounds or on um, just social grounds. Like yeah. they think that the content is just not... Suitable for that age. Yes, yes. Yeah, more often... Um, then the not and you know there are some some books that you may never think would be challenged that are often very frequently challenged things like the the harry potter series has been challenged oh. or asked to be removed because it talks about witchcraft and wizardry thankfully i think that's lessened in the later years uh just <laughs> because i think that the individuals have realized that that is a fantasy land and that <laughs> it is a fictional book and not an instructional guide to witchcraft and wizardry. <laughs> I mean, that's, you listen, sometimes people get a misconception. They think it's some sort of indoctrinization uh, and they're, they're against that sort of thing. But no, no, seriously, it's fiction, guys. Glad, yeah. glad you figured it out. Uh, <laughs> Another... A little, little tongue-in-cheek there. But seriously, people got a little crazy and they continue to get crazy about uh, other books uh, what's what's another? Do you have another example? Another Joel? example is uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower, which was a young oh. adult book. Um, it was made into a movie a yeah. couple years ago. Um, but uh, the reason that it was banned or challenged is because it has references to drugs and alcohol and uh, sexuality and homosexuality. And I mean, even I mean, if something closer to home, what was it? It was last year, wasn't it? When uh, Rainbow Rowell's book? Oh yeah, yeah, Eleanor and Park. That got challenged by some school library up in like Minnesota or Michigan, so somewhere in the, the ends. <laughs> I was, I, don't, I get those two mixed up, but yeah, it, that was I was championing that pretty hard. And what's great, that's getting turned into a movie. Yeah. It received a whole <laughs> ton of publicity because of that. People, uh, it sold really, really well at right after that. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean. Now that we're we can get into that a little later, but uh, you know that's that's uh, something that kind of happens with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets uh, it's deemed offensive, or someone wants it removed, and that suddenly makes a whole lot of people interested in reading it that probably wouldn't have been interested in reading it beforehand. We all love yeah. the forbidden, yeah, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. 
And, uh, you know, you feel like you're doing something wrong when you're reading a banned book. And, you know, that's the thing about a lot of young adult fiction, too, is, like, a lot of young adult fiction that's coming out right now, thematically, it has a lot, like, it's taking adult topics and... Because these are things that uh, teenagers face on a day-to-day basis, yeah. and you know, it's not—they don't talk down to the teenager or to that no. to that age group and audience. They, and I think that a lot of parents get scared when they read this stuff because they suddenly realize, oh, maybe, my, uh, maybe my, my kid, my child is growing up yeah. and <laughs> is being influenced by this piece of media that I I don't <laughs> necessarily cotton to. Um, because I am afraid of their their <laughs> eventual growth as a person and an adult. Yeah, one of yeah, uh, we, one of the most clear we have clear opinions on this matter. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most popular young adult authors right now is uh, John Green, and oh, uh, yeah. he's had two or two of his movie or books made into movies. I think at this point, and a good chunk of his books yeah. have ended up in the in the band, the band, books. band and challenge books list yeah. year to year. Um, one of his first books is called Looking for Alaska, and it's it's a fantastic book. But that's another another one of those coming of age young adult stories that involves um, a teenager having to deal with adult problems and there are um, sex sex drugs alcohol all all of the above um yeah happen in that book but that's not it's not what the book is about right though it's 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 not some (laughs) sort of glorification of sex drugs and rock and roll (laughs) it it has a a purpose for the use of of that topic (laughs) And uh, another book that frequently makes the top of the uh, frequently challenged books list is uh, a picture book called Entango Makes Three about two male penguins that adopt an egg and raise a baby penguin together. And regardless of the political situation, <laughs> uh, and I'm not, in, I, I believe that the book is actually based in, in, on a true story, if I recall, of some, this is a zoo, right? One of some zoo. Joel's going to take a look at this. I'm going to tap into the, the interwebs. I'm going to straight down those <laughs> tubes, people. The book is based on the true story of Roy and Silo, two male chinstrap penguins. And while perhaps the author who created this children's yeah. book had ulterior motives for it, the story at face value is simply the story of two male penguins who adopted a baby. <laughs> it happened in nature. It is a thing. Um, and yeah, some people don't don't care for that because they are uh, they feel they f- like it's promoting an agenda that they don't agree with, right? Yeah, and you know, all in all, when it comes to book bannings uh, and or challenged books, and we're going to state this real early, it's all about it's not necessarily about stopping your child from or you, anyone in your life from reading these materials. It should be about you making that decision for that person if you have that purview, uh, not necessarily making that decision for everybody. Yeah, it, when you ban, when a book is banned, you're not telling your child not to read this. You're telling everyone else's child that they're not allowed to read this. They're, that you devalue their sense of individual rights so much that they are not allowed to read that book. That and that's. Yeah, that's straight up offensive. And that, to to me, that offends me when that happens. And, and that is an extreme case. Uh, 
you know, yeah, the, most of the these are total cases. banning of a book is a very extreme case yeah. and does not happen very often. But uh, we do have three stories that we're going to talk about today yeah. that are relevant and timely. They're things that have been happening in the last couple months or are in the middle of happening right not, now. Not even like a couple. It's been like a month. I mean, <laughs> well, I think one of them was a couple months ago, like sometime in the middle of the summer. Um, so we'll start off with kind of the light one. A uh, This was posted, uh, I find actually most of these stories in on Reddit. I do go through Reddit a lot. Our books specifically tends to focus a lot on these sorts of stories and that's where i found them but uh in tennessee a mother of a young i think middle school child or or late elementary had prevented her child from reading the book the immortal life of henrietta Lacks*. a strange choice because it is a it is a biopic on henrietta Lacks*. Whose cells are used in are still living today and are, are continually used in cancer research and a, a multitude of different science biological sciences. So, so it's basically cloned cells that are grown in a lab, but they've been right. using the same cells from the same person and just cloning these cells. Right, basically. genetically, it's the exact same as the day that they took them from. From what I understand, from right. Henrietta Lacks, who it was taken against her will without her knowledge which is super illegal uh, now, but at the time uh, it was, I guess, deemed necessary, uh, which is unfortunate. But regardless of that fact, uh, this Tennessee mother thought that the book was pornographic. Yeah, what? And just hearing hearing the description of this book, it seems like it's just the history of... Yeah, of this person and, the, and then where their these life cells and, came from right, and how this and the, research started. Exactly, and neither you or I—I I don't know—have you read this book? I have not read I, this book. Neither have I. I've wanted to, but finding the time, of course, on in, in anything uh, to to read books as a as a librarian is is challenging. But uh, from what I had read, as far as the reasoning behind its its uh, challenge was that it contains. Uh, gynecological information, uh, mostly due to the fact that those her cells are used in cervical cancer research. Okay, okay. Or the cells were taken from that area. Not a hundred percent on that, but it's medical. the The descriptions or any of that sort of information, from what I understand, is fairly medical. And, and it was so, just too much information for this parent? It was TMI. Uh, she doesn't want her child to know about cervical cancer? Or gynecological health, apparently. I Again, we're making judgment yeah, calls on yeah. someone that we've <laughs> never met, so and on a book we've never read. And it's outwards appearance is what it looks like. Thankfully, even though the challenge came uh, to the school, the school thought that it was outright kind of nonsense and at least that's what our interpretation and they decided that it will continue to be on this uh suggested reading list this wasn't a request that's the one thing that kind of annoys me this wasn't even a a required book for this list it was absolutely just an option child could have read something else yeah yeah and that's that's kind of that's one of the main things and that you'll and that's something that ends up a lot in most school reading lists over the summer is they give you options because if a parent doesn't particularly care for a book 
then the the option is to read a different book on the list. Yeah, or if the child is interested, like they may not be interested in every single option. So it's nice to have options because yes. they can pick and choose what sounds most interesting to them. Right, right. And if someone's interested in the history of cancer research or in the history or, or of... of specifically Henrietta Lacks's life. Yeah. Because um, there's lots of other factors. She was African-American. Um, just the, the sheer... Uh, amount uh the, or the sheer effect that she's had on the medical community is huge there's lots of reasons to read the book for some kids they don't want to read a book about a lady in like the 50s i can, i get it i understand um so yeah the whole this this was caught up by the media got overblown thankfully the media pushes these to the forefront but sometimes they do it a little fast uh and this is one of those times where the story uh was showcased a little on the quick side and everyone got all up in arms so, speaking of the 24-hour news cycle, what's our next topic? Uh, our next topic is that uh, earlier this summer, there was a book that was challenged very in a very similar manner. But this time, uh, while it's a little less incredulous reasons, like the book actually did contain uh, some more mature themes. Uh, and that book is Some Girls Are by Courtney Summers. And it was challenged as an, again, as an option from a reading list from a particular school. Don't think I have the actual school listed that uh, had it pulled from the list, but it was pulled from the list because a parent objected to the material found within the book. And uh, for some reason, the school caved and actually uh, removed it from the, the reading list. I don't think they necessarily removed it from the school library but they definitely had it removed from the list it was the west ashley high school in charleston south carolina oh there you go and we'll have we'll have links to all these stories in our uh, show notes as always yes in case you feel like doing some more research well a writer uh for the website book riot organized a group purchase on a, a number of different websites i think tumblr I think that particular writer has a Tumblr page and has a, a decent following. And the book thankfully showed up on a website for a dollar per copy. And then a pure madness ensued as people purchased over 900 <laughs> copies for the public library in the area to uh, just give to any and all teenagers that wish to read the book. Yeah, this is what happens when uh, when some of these stories catch fire. The way uh, the viral media works with social media and the internet and the 24-hour news networks is that story takes hold. Everybody hears about it in a very short period of time because people are sharing it on their Facebook feeds and Twitters and CNN will eventually pick it up right. like two days later after everybody's kind of forgot about it already. Right. They'll, <laughs> they'll continue that yeah. ball to roll. Um, and sometimes they're, they're quicker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if this really hit uh, <laughs> mass media, but certainly the story kind of hit all the major internet places like Reddit and, and some other blogs. And it sounds like the the topic of the book, um, it's about a girl who gets bullied after uh, she reports an attempted rape at school. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a heavy topic. It's something that, you know, some people in that age group may have to deal with, though. Like, it's probably not unheard of for rambunctious high schoolers to be terrible people. 
Well, they're human beings, yeah. and they their brains are developing at that age. I know that's stated a lot by yeah. people like, oh, they're just developing. They don't know what they're doing. In some <laughs> ways, they probably don't understand quite the severity of what's going on. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a serious topic that, you know, people may have to deal with. So having a book where a student is reading, like, oh, this person or the, this character in this book went through something similar to what I went through, like, that can be helpful. Or she, you can learn learn how to uh, not deal with something, but how to... Re- you essentially... To... No, no, it's okay. You essentially learn uh, maybe what the social cues are for being in that sort of situation and helping possibly steer that person in the in the right moral direction, which is, you know... Or, or maybe just it's a simple story about a, a girl who witnessed something terrible and then has to deal with the outcome of you know them bringing it to light is that right or wrong that's probably what the book explores uh and i think that there's there's value and purpose in that yeah i don't think this book is glorifying anything i think no showing people dealing with trauma yes and and that's more often than not in a lot of these books that are banned they deal specifically with that sort of topic whether that's drug abuse, sex abuse, anything along those lines. It's, we, we still live in a world where these things happen. topic for today is a a very recent story that is still ongoing and this is probably the most serious banning type story that's come out in a while uh, in a english-speaking country in new zealand recently a book was actually completely banned like they can't you can't sell it you can't lend it to a friend if you already own a copy you're fine reading it and keeping it but they had to pull it from libraries they had to pull it from bookstores and you can get fined for Selling this book. You can find a significant dollar amount. Uh, it's like something like $3,000. For for a person. $10,000 if you're a company or if you're a bookstore that Just sells a, it. Like yeah. a small mom and pop shop could lose ten grand <laughs> because they decided to challenge this banning. Uh, unfortunately, since it is such serious business right now in New Zealand, I don't think anyone's doing that. Especially since the banning is not permanent. Yeah, it's currently under review, and that's the the reason. Um, but the book is Into the River by Ted Daw. It's a uh, coming-of-age novel about a protagonist, a, a young boy from, I think, of Maori descent, who, um, which is uh, an indigenous culture in New Zealand, uh, who ends up going to an elite boarding school in Auckland. And it's kind of having... Uh, it, the story tells um, about how he has to forge his own identity and how... Um, it's well. Yeah, it's a they, coming of age story. Yeah, and yeah. it deals deals with uh, drug abuse, 
sex, alcohol abuse. It deals a lot with similar topics to most of these books that get challenged. Um, now, the organization that originally brought this to light was an organization called Family First. Um, they, I believe, are international. I don't think they're just a New Zealand organization. But uh, there is a governmental censor in that country, uh, which is strange. But Australia and New Zealand kind of have that sort of thing going on. Uh, and originally, when they brought it up to the censor, the book was rated uh, R14. Which it, it wasn't... Well, originally, it wasn't... Uh... Well, New Zealand, the way their rating system works, and you can think of rating systems like the same way as like how we rate movies. Movies or like video games. Rated yeah. R, rated PG-13, that kind of thing. Um, but New Zealand has two uh, two different types of ratings. You have unrestricted, an unrestricted rating system, and mm. a restricted rating system. Okay. Um, so the unrestricted labels, they have G, general audiences, PG, and M, but... Uh, an M is a mature label, but it's not restricted still. Like, you it's don't get in like... trouble for selling it or buying oh. it. You don't need permission. It's still readily available. Okay. But uh, the restricted labels, it's illegal for anyone under that restricted age range to read the book. So Really? Yeah. It was... Uh, oh, I didn't even realize not, that not, was the case. Not to read it, but it's illegal to sell it or buy to, yeah, to sell it, to yeah. sell it or distribute it to that per, to a person under that age. Yeah. So the book was originally uh, rated M unrestricted, so it had that that label on okay. it, but it was still readily available. Anybody could read it. Anybody could buy it, and it was challenged by uh, by this group, Family First. Then well, actually, was... I think before it got challenged, it got reclassified at a certain point to a restricted fourteen. Oh, label. okay. But then Family First challenged that restriction and so while they're it's own undergoing reclassification right now they're looking into seeing if it needs to be reclassified completely or if it'll get that classification well, back from what i understand uh librarians and educators asked to have the restriction lifted that r14 lifted and probably turned back into an m rating so that it wasn't illegal for kids under the age of 14 to read the book that that's seems incredibly silly to me as an american but that's because we live in that nice first amendment world whereas they don't necessarily have those sorts of laws realistically right now the book is in a weird limbo right oh after it got reclassified as r14 eventually the classification office removed that age restriction from the book because they felt like it was uh so it's gone back and forth a number of times okay so it originally was unrestricted, and mm-hmm. then it was restricted, and then it was that classification was removed. Right, and now it's been challenged again, yes. and it's currently under review. But while it's under review, it's completely illegal to sell and distribute, yeah, distribute anywhere via a fine, etc. Yeah, yeah. Now that is what I had read from, <laughs> and this is the interesting thing is that this has blown up so much that Ted Daw. Uh, was allowed to do a uh, Reddit Ask Me Anything, or the AMA. Uh, (laughs) For those who are on Reddit, they might kind of understand that. But for those who don't, essentially they have someone who is a celebrity or someone who is well-informed about a particular topic go into a, a post on Reddit, and people are allowed to ask, pretty much ask them, any question they feel relevant and then the person who is essentially running that the celebrity or informed individual 
uh, answers those questions as much as they can. Uh, these are usually huge endeavors because and it takes a lot of organization simply because answering you know what it could potentially be hundreds of questions in any form of time that is you know considerable uh, for or considerate for that individual it can be daunting so it's it's a big deal when AMAs happen and they happen all the time and they're usually there for like promotional materials uh, like people go on and talk about movies or books they've written and that sort of stuff and in this regard it was they, he had an AMA because this book's been out for like two years because of the challenge in New Zealand or the, <laughs> the banning rather yeah and it's uh, I've heard that it might get optioned for film yeah. as well like that's, <laughs> once again this is this is what happens yep. uh is when there, something gets a lot of attention, yeah, people yeah, people in, want to read it. People in Hollywood start to notice uh, that this might be a thing, and it probably helps that this is a prequel book. So this is a beginning. Oh of yeah, the story. so they have uh, they have other books that you know. Yes, could be they made can into turn movies. this they can make into it a, a franchise yeah. and <laughs> make lots of money. And yeah. I could see where this is making sense. I think even mm-hmm. Eleanor, I want to say Eleanor and Park, may have a sequel. I could be wrong about that, but I want to say I heard that she was potentially working on a sequel to that. It could just be a one-off thing. I don't know. I don't speak for Rainbow Rowell. <laughs> so they, the concept of the franchise when it comes to anything in, in Hollywood or any sort of filmmaking endeavor, yeah, that is hot business right now, and that's pretty much how movies are made anymore. Yeah. At least that's what it looks like to us on the outside. Well, go listen to our comic book podcast for, yeah. for more on that. <laughs> for for more on that. talk all about yeah, franchises. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some information about Ted Daw, because we haven't really talked much about the, the man himself. Uh, he was born in 1950, uh, and he had a very long career as a teacher, uh, and I think he taught like high school, middle school, uh, and then when he was teaching, he kind of noticed a lot of students who were potentially kind of leading down the wrong road in life. And uh, he decided that he wanted to start writing uh, to give specifically boys and even uh, boys from that indigenous people, the Maori uh, in New Zealand, the chance to read a story not only about them, but to also read about topics that happen in their lives and maybe not follow those same tracks, maybe maybe have a better life because of his books. He has an agenda, and his agenda is one that I think is admirable, which is to help young people not go to jail. <laughs> that is, I think that is a very uh, intelligent and purposeful reason for doing anything so i think it's it's cool you know that seems to be kind of a uh, a standard line throughout a lot of these books that are banned or challenged it's they are just dealing with topics that these people have to deal with on in their day-to-day lives anyway like yeah. that everybody kind of you know if you're a high school student you've ran and in, run into a lot of these issues in your life yeah and it's just not not hiding it not talking down to it down to a teenager or to someone in that age group not not ignoring that these things happen i don't i don't think there is there may be some insular communities in which this sort of stuff (laughs) does not happen but 
Uh, I think even then you'll find that that this is these are still topics that are well within the purview of American life or even just teenage life, regardless of obviously regardless of where you live. And, you know, he interestingly enough, he is still a teacher. He yeah. never stopped. So now he teaches English to foreign students. I don't know what he means by foreign students. But he may actually be teaching uh, students whose first language is the Maori language. Because I, 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 I think they, since they're indigenous, indigenous people, they have an indigenous language. Joel is fact-finding for me because I will speak out of turn. Um, they do have a language. It is the Maori language. Okay, and, great. Uh, it's an Eastern Polynesian language spoken by the Maori people. Right. They're, they're <laughs> part of that umbrella of the yeah. Polynesian people. Um, and there's numerous that fall under that, that umbrella. Uh, so right now in the country, you it is this is the one thing that I found when I was reading through the AMA that is I think is ridiculous not only can you not buy the physical book, but let's say you have a Kindle um, and you bought that Kindle in New Zealand and you were to go to Australia, which is not unheard of. They're very close by. Uh, and you were to try to buy this book in Australia. Not even, you're not in New Zealand, but you bought that device in New Zealand it will see that the device was purchased in New Zealand and it will block you from purchasing the book. Hmm. Someone stated this. Um, now, I think people found a workaround. Maybe they had to, like, I don't know, like, resync the location where it was purchased. Mm-hmm. I, I, they did something. So they were they were able, especially even people in New Zealand were able to figure out a way around this sort of thing. Well, you could always buy it from Amazon.com and then sideload it onto your Kindle. Yes, <laughs> and maybe that's the workaround. I don't know, but there, right now, the only distribution for this book is electronically, and people are even finding barriers to the electronic material. But uh, the review, I mean, it is under review right now. They are supposed to have its reclassification ready um, in early October. So maybe by the time you hear this podcast, it will already be available for sale again in New Zealand. Yeah, but, you could buy this right now if you wanted to. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's not banned anywhere else, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, there. If, if a copy were to be just, like, in front of an officer or something, were to be handed from one individual to another, uh, three, three grand, potentially. Yeah. For now. But, uh, For yeah, now. once they reclassify it, it will be available in one form or another. Just, it's... Is it going to be on that restricted list? Is it going to be unrestricted? Is it going to be M? Is it going to be R14 or 15 or 17? Or... Uh, <laughs> restricted list. That restricted business, since I didn't actually fully understand what that meant, uh, yeah. even reading the story, it wasn't uh, it wasn't apparent to me that that's what that meant. Because uh, I thought there was it was much like how a lot of our rating system is, is unrestricted. I was like, oh, they just mean that they can't like... You can't check the book out to someone who's under the age of 14, like an R-rated movie. Um, I guess that is kind of restricted. But I thought, oh, you know, like if a mom said it's okay, then it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's working in a public library. Uh, obviously, we the library, the, I don't think that the library should have this necessarily. That's a personal view. But uh, they do not allow R-rated movies to be checked out to anyone under the age of 18. That's their business, and I think there's something statewide that might be controlling that, unfortunately. But uh, 
if a, a parent were there and they allowed the child to check out that material, I checked it out under their card. Um, I I can make that decision uh, because uh, the the parent stated it was fine. It's one of those instances, as long as the parent says it's okay, and I make them fully aware of the content of that movie, if I know what it is, mm-hmm. uh, then then that's that's their business. There were a couple times where I was, frankly, I was astounded uh, that they would allow their child to watch that particular film at their age, but that's my personal view. I don't make those decisions for that child. That person's parent does. And, I know, and again, we're... we're, we're <laughs> banging the same drum here over and over again but you know that's that's key to you know the issues that happen with this sort of stuff so hopefully this story will end uh end with good news but uh for now we don't know we don't know how it's going to turn out yeah and yeah. It, all of this it, it's so funny that all of this happened right around band books week <laughs> i don't know why I you know I've I've postulated the idea to to staff and I still think that this might be the case. It's just it's just timing. Yeah. That this is we hear about all these things over the summer, and or at the end of the summer because of reading book lists that kids have. They're summer rushing. Lists, people going back to school and right yeah. or it's early in the school year, so they have re- these reading projects for the first half of the school year. All that stuff sort of happens on the, in that time frame in the United States. So this is timed perfectly for when a lot of these issues start to come to light. It, it seems really silly that this is the time in which these things happen. And because bannings and challengings happen year round and they happen all the time. And speaking, because I, I helped organize the band books uh, events here on on the BU campus last year, uh, speaking to staff that outside of the library uh, about banned and challenged books, they thought all this stuff happened like decades ago. Yeah, they're like this happens every year. Yeah, every single year we hear stories that are, are they're very similar to the ones that we featured this year. Right. Uh, maybe next year we'll have an update episode with new stories. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is a. This is a perennial issue in American life, unfortunately, uh, and at least we have ammunition to fight this sort of thing. We, we you know, the, our our Constitution, which it was just Constitution Day a few days or a few weeks ago, people. Um, the, our Constitution gives us the capability to handle these issues. <laughs> All right, is there anything that uh, we want to leave our listeners with today? Read a banned book. Yeah, pick one up and read one this week. Go online. Go to the American Library Association's banned book page. It won't take you very long to find something I think you'll like. Or if it's an old classic that you've read in the past, give it a shot. Yeah, there's a lot of classics that are on that list. Yeah. Chances are, if it has something a little bit controversial in it at some point, it's been on a banned or challenged books list. So absolutely find your favorite band book and give it a reread this year. We just want to say thank you everyone for listening all the way to the end. And, uh, you know, hopefully check out a band book. Uh, we are now on iTunes and feed burner. We'll have the links in the show notes on that, or at least to the feed burner. Uh, so if you, if you have an Android device, uh, you can, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast via FeedBurner. Yes. Uh, and if you want to subscribe to us in iTunes, search for More Than Books Podcast. 
the whole you, thing. Yeah, if you search for just more than books, uh, we'll be on page two or three. But if you search more than books podcast, you'll you should be able to find us there on that first page. Yep, we'll come right up. <laughs> so, thank you, everybody. Right, thank you.